your experience with prop firms so far, even through, like I said, many prop firm challenges that you've failed and also passed and been paid out over six figures. Overall, do you think that the prop firm space for traders is a positive or do you think it's a negative? The one, the one thing I will say about the one minute chart is you have to have a good filtration system because there is a lot of movement. I my, I knew my system was a trend trading continuation uh, model. So an arranging environment is going to lose money because like my entry model, it, any entry model doesn't make money 100% of the time. It only works in a certain context or criteria. What's up, traders? Welcome to the Day Trading Show. My name is Austin Silver. If you're new, today I have James Bruce with me as a co-host, and we sit down with Rich. Rich goes by RichQFX on Twitter. A lot of you probably know him. He's kind of famous because at the pinned you know, top of his Twitter page, he talks about how many funding challenges he's failed that's led him to over six figures in payouts. So we talk a lot about the funding companies and all the craziness going on there, but we also talk about his strategy, what he thinks about some of these other Instagram, Twitter influencers. So it's a great conversation. Rich is a really, really good guy. I think you guys are going to love this. I want you to make sure you check out the link down in the description. ASFX TV is now just 10 dollars per month and you can take a three-day free trial to come trade with me and our team of full-time traders so definitely check that out i've got links for rich's twitter and everything else in the description as well enjoy the conversation and thank you for being a subscriber to the day trading show What's up, traders? Real quick, a break from the episode to thank our sponsor for today, Lux Algo. Now, this is important. Lux has a huge Black Friday sale going on. If you don't know who Lux Algo is, you've probably seen their ads on Instagram, maybe on Twitter or something like that. They provide a ton of indicators on TradingView, all different types of indicators, from trend-based indicators to ICT and SMC indicators. They're even building one for us at ASFX that uses Anchor VWAP and our A2 strategy. They have three premium indicators that I really, really like because I can line up their premium indicators, which use AI to generate trade ideas with my A2 strategy for like a double confluence of a really profitable trade idea. So down in the uh, description to this video, I have a link and a discount code for you to take advantage of this big Black Friday sale that they're rolling out. I want you guys to use the link, use the discount code, and this new software that they're rolling out, I think can make a big difference in your trading. Check out the premium indicators, check out their new backtesting software, and do it now while they're running this Black Friday sale. You don't want to wait. And again, Thank you to Luxalgo for sponsoring the podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. What's up, traders? Welcome back to the podcast. So today I've got my co-host, James Bruce, in the building. First time in a while, James. And I've also got our special guest, Rich QFX. We're going to call him Rich for the day. Rich, it's good to have you here, bro. Thank you for giving us the time. Hey, what's going on, man? Nice to nice to be here. And I'm glad that you, you had me on here. So... Yeah. Dude, absolutely. Everybody's seeing your content all over Twitter. So I was like, we got to get this guy on here. I know you have a lot of experience with funding companies. And also, bro, I love that your pinned tweet is about your funding challenge, like failures, not about how much money you've made. Because like James was referencing today, we were talking in the group chat or yesterday, James, remember you were saying that thing about saying Lucci and you were like, show me your losses, show me your losses. Like that's what a real trader does. So for you to have that mm -hmm. pinned at the top of your Twitter, bro, that was like, all right, I know this guy's been in the game for a while. He kind of understands everything, but I also, Rich, I couldn't find any really like detailed interviews with you. I know you haven't maybe done too many of these. So I want to get your story out there, bro. I want to get everybody to kind of know you a little bit more. So give us the the 30,000 foot overview, if you don't mind, Rich. Start there. Like, how'd you get into trading? How long have you been trading? That kind of thing. All right. So 
I'm 24 now. I started trading when I was 15 years old. Well, I started paper trading when I was about 15 years old. And then about a year, maybe two years later, I opened up a joint account where I started trading stocks. That's where I actually started from. Um, and I started learning from, I, I know he's still popular, uh, Timothy Sykes. He yeah, bro. Me too. Of, that was the first guy that like I got into really? trading. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's so funny. Around 2015, 2016, same time. So we uh -huh. must have been in the same algorithm on social media or something at the time. Uh, had to be. Had to be. Um, I And I... I I um kind of took his stuff, kind of didn't. Um, especially with you know with with the stock market, you needed twenty five thousand to day trade, so that was a barrier for me. Um, and they had a they had a prop firm that I kind of traded with uh, TradeNet a long time ago, but then they shut out U.S. clients. So then I moved over to Forex, and um, you know I've been kind of trading Forex for a few years, and then I moved over back to NAS one hundred, which is essentially the stock market. Um, but yeah, man, I've been trading for about nine years now and, uh, with prop firms for about three. So I love it. Yeah. And your experience with prop firms so far, even through, like I said, many prop firm challenges that you failed and also passed and been paid out over six figures overall, do you think that the prop firm space for traders is a positive or do you think it's a negative? Oh, definitely. It's definitely a positive. Um, just, I mean, this year, um, how do I guess you could call it um leverage on your money because I mean there's not a lot of places where I can take let's just say a 50k account where I can take 300 350 350 and uh just by passing the challenges essentially you turn that into five thousand dollars in equity so there's not a lot of places where you can do more do like what's that like 15 times your money right um in 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 I mean most of my challenges, I, I speak through most of my challenges now. Um, and, and I guess we can talk about that later, just my method on, on uh, taking on prop firms and prop firm challenges. But I kind of speed through them. So I know, um, like, I'm going to pass, it, it, like, taking a bunch of them. I know I'm going to pass at least a few of them and then getting a payout from there. Because even if you fail a few challenges, if you get a decent payout, it'll pay for all the challenges and then some. And that's 100%. kind of my approach, but it's 100%. it's definitely a different different ball game because I mean before prop firm, I mean I was putting a hundred, two hundred, three hundred in the account and blowing it the next day. So Trader's um, way, firms, Hugo's way, whatever it yeah. was, right? Oh yep. yeah, that was the go-to Hugo's yep. way. Uh -huh. Yep. 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 Same thing, bro. For all of us. So we all started from that. And now it, I do agree with you too. I think James probably does as well. It is a, a positive overall to leverage money and, and use other people's money to have more buying power with not having to put as mm -hmm. much risk on the table from your side. Totally agree. Let's go into the, mm -hmm. the philosophy though, bro. Talk to us about like how you view these funding challenges. Cause I think at least me and James were talking before we were saying like the way you can tell from your content, you don't look at these things like kind of how I do. You look at them like I'm going to buy a bunch of them kind of and work through and yeah. fail a few to then pass a couple and make that money back. So give us like the overview of like how you view it and then we'll get into how so, you speed through them. Okay. So the way that I kind of view them is I, I see it almost like a trading account. It's like no one trade should matter. So like one challenge account shouldn't necessarily matter. Mm. Um, and that's where you see a bunch of people um, They'll save up, save up, save up, say, I'm going to, you know, try challenging three months and save up that whole, 
three months and go for a big, big 200, 300, or I, I don't know what, I think I've seen even uh, 300. I think that's the biggest I've seen, a 300K account. And you see people going for these large, large accounts and it can, I mean, just the emotional side of it can be very hard when you saved up everything and your everything is in on this one challenge, as opposed to they, them taking that 1500 and saying, okay, I'm going to take this. And because again, you, if you have an edge in the market, you kind of, you letting the law of large numbers play out more. So if I had, let's just say $1,500 and um, let's just say 50K accounts were 300, that buys me what, five accounts? Sure. Yeah. Based on my edge, I know that I, at a bare minimum, if in a worst case scenario, I'm going to, I'm going to pass at least two of those. If I fail the other three, pass two and get a 2% or even a 1% payout on those two accounts, that, it that's pays for everything, for, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you probably even double that fifteen hundred. So yeah, yeah. You know what I think, that's, James? That's how it's what do you think of that when you hear that, James? Yeah, I think uh, it, it's a it's a tough one. I, I, you have to have like the right mentality for that because I. But it does do make know, sense when he positions it like that, yeah. doesn't it? Where he says like you have to look at it like 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 the trades you take. You don't know if you're going to win or lose. You don't know which yep. challenge you'll pass or fail. So it does make sense to maybe not put all, I do and again I also agree with not yeah. putting all the eggs in one basket of like save 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 and then fail that one big challenge that's going to mentally mm. it's going to suck so I do agree yeah. with that 100% what uh, how do you get over like let's say you fail two challenges in a row right rich and then uh, how do you get over like that mental you know because it can be quite shit when you fail a challenge you know sometimes like even if you know like okay man I'm going to buy five and I know I'm going to pass at least one or two out of these five but let's say you fail the first two. Like, how do you get over that mental barrier of being like, well, you know, do you change your approach? How, you know, how, 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 does, how do you take that? It's football season. Everybody's excited, but you're probably paying like 40 to 50, maybe 60 bucks a month through YouTube TV or Dish TV or NFL season pass, whatever it's called, just to watch the games, right? Well, for $10 a month, you can come watch me and other full-time traders live all week long, London session, and New York session. Again, you're paying 50 bucks a month to watch football that brings you really no financial return. You probably lose your sports bets while you're watching, or you could come pay, I should say end, you could come pay $10 a month. So during the week, you can be learning, making money, and really being a part of live trading with experienced traders. That's what we wanna to bring to the community with this ASFX TV product, and we would love to have you join us. So click the link down below, take the three-day free trial, check it out, again, totally free, and you'll see it's more than worth the $10 a month, and then you'll be able to enjoy your NFL games and your ASFX TV streams. So I'll, I'll answer this in the form of, uh, cause like, or even now, and now I don't have my foundation because I did have, I had like, uh, five. I think it was a little bit over 500k in funding with my forex funds, but now that's gone, so I'm building back up. So I'm starting back from that foundation. So I answer it in in that regard. So if I were to fail the first two, I I mean, I I think it all just goes back to knowing that you actually have an edge in the market and mm -hmm. um having a mechanical system. I like I can I've back tested it. And I know for a fact that it works. Um building my foundation i will risk less because okay so when i was when i had my foundation i could be more aggressive i could i mean i would pass or fail a challenge in one or two trades like that's kind of how i approached it um so with the foundation i'm now stretching it out to maybe four to six trades where i'm either going to pass or fail in about in about a week usually um 
So I'm not spending a lot of time in these challenges. And that's another thing. I think I think that's the reason why I, it, it kind of works for me because I don't I don't like staying in challenges and, and putting forth the effort and seeing my edge play out and I'm not actually making money off of it. I'm just making progress in the challenge that kind of I don't I don't really like that that much. So that's mm -hmm. that's kind of how I, I would just reduce the risk a little bit more just to involve more trades and let the law of large numbers play out a little bit more. How much so, risk do you normally put on trades, Rich? Like 1%, 2%? Like what do you normally, do you have a fixed percentage? How do you view that? So phase one, um, phase one, I do 2%. Phase two, I do 1%. And then live accounts, I do half a percent. And the way that that kind of breaks down is I need four or, or actually phase two, I do 1.25%, not 1%. So Phase one, that breaks down to four R. I need about four R in order for me to pass that challenge. And then the next phase, I need another four R uh, to pass. And But uh, when I'm very aggressive, I might break it to where I only need two R um, for phase one. So I might go all in and risk 2000 on a 50K account. If if my, because I, I uh, with my mechanical system, I only go for two R. So if I risk 2000 on this trade, I got about a 50% chance that I'm either going to, one, hit. I'm either going to pass phase one. And I'm, yep. if it, worst case, I'm not going to fail it. I'm just going to hit close to my max drawdown, and then I get another chance the next day. Um, so that's kind of how I, how I treated it, 2%, 1%, and then half a percent. That's good. I think that that idea is something of like trade the challenges a little more aggressively and then size down as you do get funded. Mm -hmm. I think that's something everybody's probably doing at this point, or at least they should. So I think that's great advice. Yeah. How about how many trades per day do you have? Cause I seen your MetaTrader screenshots some days. I can't, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't remember off the top of my head, but like some days it looks like a lot of trades. Some days it's not as many trades. What's a typical week or even a typical day look like as far as how many trades you'll take. So with my mechanical system, what I've seen it, it'll range from, uh, most days are about one to maybe three trades, but I've had days where that system produces maybe five or six trades, which is an outlier. But I would say with that system on average, maybe about three or four yeah. um, on, on a good trend day. But lately I've been trading kind of more so discretionarily. So I kind of treat my, my mechanical system as that's kind of like my nine to five and then my discretionary trades are the trades I have more conviction. And it's, I don't know like if it actually has an edge or not, but I know, like, I guess my experience in the market is kind of, yeah, you have an in intuition that, that about something. Right. For sure. Yeah. Right. So with those, I don't really have a limit, but in, with my mechanical trades, I kind of limit, I don't, I don't limit um, my trades. I limit my losses. So I'll say if my first, I'll, I'll, if I go down negative two R on a day, I'll stop trading. Um, with my mechanical system. Okay, so that's so, good. I, I think people definitely like that. What about profits? If you go up two R on a day, do you stop or do you keep going? Mm -hmm. You just keep no, going. No, I never. Yeah, just keep going. Uh -huh. yeah, um, I, I I agree a hundred percent, bro. I think if you're having it like today, I had a good trading day. I had two for two. Like if you have the opportunity to keep scoring, yeah. why would you like you don't just stop at one nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's like. Um, cause some people were talking like they had, which I guess maybe as you get higher numbers, like you're, you're just a, a huge trader and one trade is like six figures. Like maybe yeah. you should like cut your trades, cut, cut trades out. But like, for me, it's, it's the way I see it is 
if my especially on days or weeks or months when my system is actually working, it has to be able to pay for those future times when it's not going to be working as well. Great point. So I yeah, I got to push it. Yeah, you got to push it when it's when it's working, you got to push it to pay for when it's not working. Yeah, I love that. Where did you learn? No, so I got one more question that I'll pass yeah, it to yeah, you, Bruce. Where'd you learn to trade, Rich? Because like some of these concepts are like solid. So who would you credit some of like your teaching? Because if you got started in 2015 with Tim Sykes, I know for sure that is not the way you are trading today. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, I would say, I mean, there's there's a lot of people because um I mean, the system that I trade now is fully mechanical, it's kind of indicator based. So, but before it was, it had uh, ICT entry, but it wasn't ICT's like higher time frame context or anything. It was just the entry model. I think it's called like a purge, but then I kind of cut that out and replaced it with the indicator. Um, I would say just from a, it's, I can't, <clears throat> I can't really credit one person. It's, I mean, I've watched so many videos and courses and everything. So it's a multi multitude of people. That's awesome. No, I think that, that's a lot of people that have lasted as long as you and me and James, like that when you end up just being in the market that long, you take in a lot from people. And sometimes you take in things that you're like, okay, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. that, that that's a good answer. What were you going to ask before I took the microphone from you, James? I was going to ask um, what, uh, so obviously I know you from you trading, you're trading that the NASDAQ um, US 100, but what time of day are you trading? Are you trading after the open pre pre open and how, how big are your stops? Like, are you trading? So when you say you go for two hours, are you how big are your stops? Are they 10 points, 50 points? How big are your stops normally on, on average? I know maybe it's not a set amount, but yeah. How, how big are your steps and stops and what time of day are you, are you trading? So time of day, uh, for my system, I only trade from 9.30 Eastern time. So I break it down into sessions, kind of like, so 9.30 until 11.30, that's kind of like a very volatile uh, session for, for New York uh, or the, the stock market in general. And then from like 11.30 to usually about 12.45 is like, like a lunch period. I kind of look at that like the Asian session of the whole New York session. And then if the market is act actively pushing, I'll trade it, start trading again from one p.m. until uh, my cutoff time is 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, as far as stop losses, um, it's based on uh, it's based on one of my indicators. Um, but I would say it can it can range from anywhere between 10, 10 points to I've seen it as high as 50 points on a very volatile day because it kind of, it's, it's based on a moving average average, which kind of uh, it'll adjust to volatility. So it, it just ranges based on uh, how volatile the market's moving. It, I feel like too, James, it's not like, especially when you're trading indices, because the volatility does change day to day. We're like, I feel like Forex pairs, the volatility doesn't change day to day as much. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree with that. Like normally if you're trading like, GJ, it's normally going to be like this kind of the same amount of pips on ADR. Right. Like ADR, right. Like ADR doesn't go from like yeah. 210 to 110 yeah. overnight. But sometimes yeah. if you have a like stock a day of news or whatever, yeah. stocks might not be moving until that news comes in or whatever it is, like an FOMC day in the afternoon or whatever. So yeah, you know, it's it's good to hear that. So do you specifically trade NASDAQ, Rich, because of the volatility? Like, is that also part of the edge that you have? You want that gas? Yeah. So the way my in a in a nutshell, the system that I trade is a higher. It's, I need a trend on the higher time frame. I need a trend matching that trend on the lower time frame. So 
higher time frame uptrend. I need a lower time frame uptrend and I need high momentum. Um, and then I need a pullback in order for me to get in. Um, and I have numbers for all for all of those. So I have a certain indicator that that uh, objectively identifies when all of that is is uh, um, there. But yeah, I, the volatility on NAS, I haven't traded a Forex pair in maybe three, two, two or three years since I started trading with um, prop firms. I haven't traded uh, many Forex pairs uh, because of the volatility on NAS 100. And also, I know exactly what time the stock market opens at 930 Eastern time. Like I know for a fact that that's when it's going to start to move. With Forex mm -hmm. pairs, it seemed a little bit random where it can move at 3 a.m. or it might move at 3 p.m. in the afternoon or it might move at, at 12 o'clock noon. I just, it just seemed kind of random, um, especially mm -hmm. trading on, I trade on the one minute chart. So um, maybe if I was trading on a higher time frame, it would be different. But um, yeah, that's, that's the main reason why I trade NAS. I'm in the same boat, bro. I Once I got with the prop firms, I was like, oh, this is a no-brainer. I want to trade indices now. You got good spreads, uh -huh. low commissions. I'm like, and I like it. And it same time zone as you. I'm in the East Coast, so it's the same thing. Like, it's, mm -hmm. oh, I, I can go work out in the morning and could go, like now I've been some days doing two-a-days, work out in the morning, trade, go work out in the afternoon. So it's been, it's been nice, bro. I totally am in the same boat with you. When you say um, we got to dive on the one-minute chart because you're now – Shit, bro. I've had a couple of guests in the last 10, probably three or four of them trade full time mm -hmm. and trade the one minute chart. And I think that melts mm -hmm. people's minds, at least especially like a new trader. They think that, oh, if yeah. you're trading a one minute chart, you're a degenerate gambler. You must be the, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just slinging money around. So can you give a little con like just give us a little more details on how you're making the one minute, why you chose the one minute maybe? So the the one minute, I, I think I'm just a very I've always been kind of a fast trader like I've always always um gravitated towards fast things and again that's probably why like I we talked about with the prop firm strategy I'm a little impatient so maybe that's why I trade on the one minute chart um I don't like being waiting and well, I mean even on, for my trades I have to wait for them to set up but I don't like uh waiting for them to play out which usually on average my trades might last anywhere between an hour to I mean, well, honestly, 15 minutes to maybe two hours. That's about the range. Um, I don't really like waiting, but the one the one thing I will say about the one minute chart is you have to have a good filtration system because there is a lot of movement on the one minute, which was it was hard for me to kind of develop. Um, but I just went about it kind of logically, like what do I want? I want high momentum. Okay, what indicator matches up with high momentum? I found ADX. And then um, I needed a I needed a lower time frame bias. So like, I only want to be buying if the lower time frame is in an uptrend. So what's going to represent that uptrend? And for me, uh, you might know it is is very popular in the stock market. But VWAP, I use distance from VWAP as price being in a strong uptrend or in a strong downtrend. Um, and then entry, I I matched up some indicate. Well, started off with the the uh, purge pattern that I, I told you about where I first started trading with, it was like an ICT kind of entry. And then in order for me, I would see uh, the market do something similar, but not exactly. And it would just go on without me. And I'm like, like I don't want it to be as exact. So then I put some uh, moving averages to kind of catch a wider net. So that catches a wide net of pullbacks for me. And yeah, it, it all kind of works together and fil it filters out a lot um a lot of the rangy days a lot of the choppiness that can happen on the one minute chart it is kind of difficult to do um 
if you don't know what you're doing. So the one minute can be tricky. 100%. I love that you mentioned Anchor VWAP. Where did you get that from? From Brian Shannon? Was that introduced to you specifically by somebody? I had him on the podcast. And after I had him on the podcast, bro, I started looking at it on my chart. And I was like, this is better than an EMA. And now the trades that I yeah. even the trades today, like they're my, I use my A2 strategy, which is a break of the 21 EMA. But I have an indicator mm -hmm. like you that it tells me when that happens. So I don't even need the EMAs on. So now I'm doing A2s that are off anchored VWAP. So I'm getting a good price, but I'm like you, if it's moving up, if we've been above anchored VWAP all day, like we were today, I'm only looking for longs. I'll never sell something exactly. that's up there. And I, yeah, so we're, dude, we trade probably very similarly. That's so funny. Probably so. Probably yeah. so. And you said, uh, you said uh, the 21, I use, I actually use the 20 EMA and part of my, part of my. So entry. there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And you, I mean, like the thing about, well, tell me your opinion. I, I think that trading strategy is not as important as we all thought it was when we got into trading. There's so much more to trading than the strategy. There's so many winning strategies. I think that it's important, but it's not the most important thing. I think there's like much more. And that's why trading is hard because trading psychology is after that. You have to really try to master yourself. What do you think about that? Do mm -hmm. you think that strategy is you know, the bottom of the foundation, or do you think it's more important than I'm giving it credit? Definitely not. It's, it's not, it's not as important as, you know, we, we all thought it was. And cause like, even like the systems that I kind of developed early on, like looking back, it's like, I think they would have worked like, cause you, you know, the cycle, you get this system or learn it from somewhere, make it yourself and then you go on a winning streak and then you hit a losing streak. And then it's, okay, this system doesn't work on to the next. And, um, and even, even like the coaching, so like I'll teach people my system and some people will make money with it, but then other people will maybe trade it for a week or two and then they're done with it. But the people that I, the people that make money with it, I've seen have been trading it for at least, a, at least six months to a year because they've been through the down periods and the up periods. And they know that the the down periods happen, but they they're nowhere near what the up periods are. So that that is difficult in its own being able to stick with the system. But they're not definitely not. Um, I, I would say a trader should probably develop discipline before they look further into de developing a more robust system. A hundred percent. I mean, but, literally yeah. today, bro, in our group chat, talking to this guy who just can't control the urge to trade. He can't have a flat day. And then he's he's he, Lance Breitstein from SMB Capital. You know Lance probably from Twitter. Lance tweets something about uh, trading, and Mike, the guy, he he goes, "Is Lance talking to me?" So then I get on Twitter and I go start replying to Lance, and I'm like, "Yo, how would you coach a trader who is struggling with over trading? Like they can't sit still." I, I saw your tweet. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So we go back and forth, and he said he's like, "This is basically I don't I'm not gonna." remember exactly what he said but it was a james clear quote and he was saying like if you can't or if you shouldn't eat cookies and ice cream and you struggle with discipline don't keep cookies and ice cream in the house if you can't control mm -hmm. yourself from trading trading might not be for you but what i think mm -hmm. like people have to have a conversation with themselves and this is what i said to mike if you've shown mm -hmm. discipline if she, if you've shown you can exercise discipline in other areas of your life like mike has because he's been successful in his real estate career then you can show mm -hmm. discipline in trading. You just have to make that decision. And I think everybody has a different yeah. pain threshold of like, okay, I've taken enough losses. I'm done over trading. I'm done doing these. Now I need to control this. I, I think everybody just has to touch that point of pain. You, do you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, def definitely. Um, 
And I think that was the same thing for me. Cause even when I, cause I developed my system um, about two years ago and it's gone through changes, but it's always worked. And when I developed it, there was a period of like months where my system would produce like 2R and I'd be down negative 2R. And then the next day it would produce 1R and I'm down 3R. And it was just a cycle of going through that for months. And then I was just like, okay, cut everything out. And I just was like, I'm going to follow my system. And, um, you know, that when it, I hit that pain point, I guess, and, and made that change. Um, and that's when I started getting funded and, and getting payouts and things like that. But that is definitely, um, you definitely probably, I mean, most people got to hit that level. There have been outliers that don't, but most people will have to. Yep. And when you got funded the first time, because we all were like funded back when there were still time frame challenges, do you feel like sure. the time frames on the challenges helped you like kind of put your back against the wall and made you figure it out? Cause I feel like that's what it did for me. Like when, when you had to make a certain amount of percent, like you did have to get creative in what you were doing. Like you couldn't just keep doing the same thing and hoping it would work. You'd have to try different things. You're running yeah. out of time. Did you, do you yeah. feel the same way or did you hate the time frames? Um, well, I was, I was as aggressive as I am now with the challenges, but I will say it may, cause like I've never, I've never even came close to hitting the time limit. Um, on no, you're done. You're the, done that yeah. challenge way before that, bro. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But the the um the very first challenge that I took, I passed um both both phases. I ended up failing before I got the payout, but I ended up passing passing them. But um, I would say with the it does make you be more creative, be even just challenges alone, because like I've done things where I've scaled into winners and and. Uh, I mean, scaled out of losses too. Like that was a weird one for me. I heard about scaling out of uh, wins, but like th as it's going against me, I'm slowly getting out. Like, kind of giving it a chance, but but slowly getting out. I've done some weird things, um, <laughs> hedging and every just everything with with uh, prop firm challenges, trying to trying to pass them and uh, get them out get them out the way. But they definitely make you uh, uh, more creative. I would say sink or swim. Yeah, yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, I wanted to ask as well, Rich. Like, I saw obviously on the tweet, I'm looking at your Twitter now. Um, failing what 25 challenges, you know, in with uh, with with funding companies, pop firms. How do you what do you tell someone that has failed a couple and hasn't seen a payout? What, what do you tell what do you tell that trader? Um, one, most I think most traders don't have one, they probably don't have a system. Um, not they fail. I mean, failing is even if you have a system, you can still fail. But just to kind of re go over or make sure that they have certain things, I want to make sure one that they have a system so that they're they're following that system. Because if you can't follow the system, you don't you shouldn't expect to pass your challenges. Hmm. Um, you also need to. Uh, you make said sure that, that so slow, bro. But wait, age. can you say, say we gotta say it one more time because you said it so fast and we just go like. Got to say that slow. You, if you can't follow the system, you're not going to pass the challenge. Like that is very, very yeah. important. Yeah. If you can't follow the system, and even if you do get lucky and pass the challenge, you're you you're probably not going to make it to payout. And if you do make it to that payout, you won't. You're going to fail eventually. Like it's it's a slippery slope. And when it when you might get lucky for a while, but when when the luck runs out, it's it's not going to be pretty. So yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, you have to have a system. You have to be able to follow that system, and you need to make sure that that system actually has an edge. Um, now, if you if you're trading kind of discre more so discretionarily, 
it's a little bit more difficult to do that, but at least at the bare minimum, you can follow, you have to follow your system. Like you, you just have to. Um, and I kind of tell people that have discretionary systems that, I mean, it's okay to have one. I think it's easier for people who are newer to trading to have something fully mechanical. Um, but if you have a discretionary trading system, you have to, you have to journal your trades because the, the only way to collect data on a discretionary system is to kind of collect data and forward test because you, it's not just the system. It's also how you're interpret, interpreting that system um, because you can't go back and try to interpret it because you won't be thinking the same in live market conditions. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's depending on their system. You, you have to collect data. You have to know that it works. So yeah. Yeah. find patterns within the discretion. Even James is super discretionary and our group like knows him for that. And I feel like mm -hmm. even though he is discretionary, he still is trading strategies that we've backtested as his foundation mm -hmm. of entry. Right, James? Like, how would you describe what you do, James? Um, for, Well, today was a great example. I'll show it to well, you. I heard, wait, I heard you tell people that you're an accountant now. Is that true? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I tell people you look like a rugby player in that shirt, bro. So maybe you're a rugby yeah, player today. I, I don't have time. I don't know about you, but I don't have time for when someone asks me what do I do. I don't have the time to tell them ah, oh, trade the financial. Like they don't take it like a seriously, or they ask stupid questions. So I just say I'm an accountant. <laughs> Even the finance. You say you work for the CIA. I work for the CIA. Yeah. That's why I shaved my head so I could blend in. <laughs> but um, no, like today was actually a great example. I was sorting pound yen um, and it wasn't actually an entry system, uh, an entry system that's backtested, but it's based off the theoretical frameworks of what Austin has backtested with ASFX, with the EMAs. But I was chasing momentum and it was just a momentum play, but still based off yeah. the, the theoretical frameworks of what I wanted to be doing. Like someone actually hit me up on the Discord uh, and was like, dude, you, you took it off the ATMA and it's like different and, and I had to explain, yeah, I was chasing momentum. And I think if you know what you're doing and I think the only thing that really matters is, are you managing risk? Like that's the only yeah. thing that really matters. If I'm not taking, if you can take an entry um, based on your feel for the markets, if you have some sort of experience, like I've been trading for five years, I still feel it's quite new, but you know, you've always been trading the double amount of time as I do. But you know, when you have experience with trading one system, which I've been doing for four years, you know, that feel mm -hmm. of the market and, I think that uh, as long as you're managing risk, you keep yourself in the game. If you're out here, you know, blowing 5% on one trade and, and you know, you, you're probably not going to be here long for the next five years, you know, but and I would, you know I would even, but I would yeah. even say too, bro, like managing risk in that trade is if I'm going to take a, a trade, that's not like on my edge exactly right then you're gonna tr you, you can't move the stop loss you can't be in it too heavy and it's not like you're managing risk poorly there so it's just understanding that discretionary entries look different when you're an experienced trader when you're someone who's been trading a system for a while and can start to see a different way and feel in a way the market and then again you live and die by it bro if you if you lost a trade you're not going to blame anybody and everyone's going to say myself. well you didn't trade an asfx entry like what are you doing you, you didn't trade the strategy you were feeling the market like like one of the guys today in the chat feeling the market and i'm like you want to get upset about this trade when it's not your system trade that doesn't make any sense this is you should be upset yeah. with yourself the trade's not the problem you're you're the problem you didn't follow mm -hmm. the system but again yeah. experience gives discretion and i think both of you show that differently but also similarly too so it's good james when you got into the funding stuff were you trading the one minute and do i remember that correctly weren't you trading lower time frames originally or am i wrong you you are right um but that's look why at my memory bro look that's, at my memory I, that's how I got no hair, Rich. I was trading the one minute chart. That's how I got no hair. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I was trading the one minute chart. Uh, I was, but I was, but again, I was trading currency. So completely different to what Rich is doing, trading the, in, the indices and that obviously move a and lot you more. you didn't have any of that WAP. I know now you need the exactly. WAP. I didn't, I didn't gonna... even know what VWAP was at that time. So definitely. Yeah. <laughs> right, um, but right. I've actually, I have, I have seen a couple of your, your, your posts on Twitter, uh, Rich, about, I, about, I think I read something about, it must've been about a year ago or something about, so maybe speak about this, about when your it breaks view app three times or something like that, then you take it off your list because there's no clear trend. Something like that. If I am I right in saying something like that? That's so one thing that I ran into was being able to cut out ranges because if I'm I, I'm a you, I, I think most systems break down to either reversal trading systems or trend trading systems. Like that's what I see like 99% of systems as. Um so I my, I knew my system was a trend trading continuation uh, model. So in a ranging environment, it's going to lose money because like my entry model, it, any entry model doesn't make money 100% of the time. It only works in a certain context or criteria. So a ranging market was the one that it didn't work in. So in order for me to, to um, uh, objectify a range, if price if VWAP is kind of it's the volume volume weighted average price, so it's the average price people bought and sold at. So if it goes above that price, I would say I'm bullish. If it goes back below that price, I would say I'm bearish. If it goes back above, then it's kind of like it's kind of like mixed. Like buyers can't hold, keep and get control and hold control, and sellers couldn't keep and hold control. So now it's kind of back and forth. And unless we break over that high of the day or we break under that low of the day after we kind of crisscross it a, a few times, I won't get involved because nobody's in control. And if nobody's in control, I really don't see it as high probability. Um, so that's been a, that's been a game changer for me. Awesome. Love that. Yeah. Love that. I have another thought. Can we talk about a couple of people that are also on Twitter? I want to get your opinion. I had Tori trades on the podcast. What do you think of Tori? She's, she's good. She's, um she's an example of, uh, what you had talked about earlier with the system and uh, how important it's not. Because if, if like, somebody, like, let's just say ICT's concept, somebody were to say, okay, I'll teach you ICT's concepts. And Tori came and said, I'm going to teach you trend lines. Like, especially a lot of new traders, they're going to gravitate, they're going to go straight to ICT because usually we think that complexity uh, the more complex something is, the better it must work, right? But that's not always the case, and I think she's a perfect example of that. That it's not, it's not the system always. It's, it's at the end of the day, most of the time, the trader, and she trades trend lines and makes you know a lot of money doing it. So, yeah, I think she's a perfect example of that. Hundred percent, I totally agree. When I had her on the podcast, I didn't realize she was like my age a little older than you and like she had been trading for so long her uncle taught her how to trade and he was like working at a big fund or something and he was saying this is how they do it that simple and that just you know it's funny because i do these interviews bro i do a couple of them per week and it's i like everybody rubs off on me in a different way i had crudeli on the podcast i had anchor uh, brian shannon on the podcast i started trading more one minute more anchor vwap like everybody rubs yeah. off and she rubbed off on me like that like simplicity is actually important it's not even key yeah. it's very very important you know yeah, so i think is. she's a good example she's a good example yeah. of that how about um on, no sorry good i was gonna say to touch on that with simplicity yeah. um because yeah. even my system i had to cut out some stuff the more complex the system is the harder it's going to be to execute it in real time it might look good in the back test it might look good when you're you know back testing it and the numbers might look good but 
the more complex it is when you got all the, you know, all these numbers and, and uh, money thrown at like, you know how trading is. When you got all the all everything thrown at you, the more complex the system is, the more likely you're gonna make a mistake, not execute it right, and it just doesn't it, it doesn't help you at all. Yeah. So, okay, mm-hmm. love that. I love that. James, do you want to add anything on simplicity? Were you about to say something or no? Yeah, I mean, again, like simple. Uh, you know that we all know. It, you know, it's not never the strategy; it's the trader. I mean, you can trade an eight and twenty-one EMA crossover, and people look down on those sort of things, but it can make money it's all in the mind like you know you as long as you know how to manage risk and you 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 stick it out during the tough times you you're going to be around and stay stay true to the process you're going to be be around for many years to come love it yeah. all right ne- next person this guy mamba fx he's on this twitter thing going all over the internet what, what do you think of this guy bro what he looks like Post Malone, doesn't he james why are you laughing bro? So. rich's <laughs> reaction to <laughs> that's the guy is he he's big on instagram too isn't he and youtube he makes like crazy he's got like six kids bro he makes crazy videos about like trading and lambos and he's got face tattoos it's crazy it's crazy yeah i don't i don't i don't really i don't believe um i don't believe the hype with around him i think i think he's he's a better marketer i don't think he i I mean i wouldn't doubt because i mean you'd be surprised like i thought someone like cameron uh cam you remember cameron ross no, who's that? Cameron Ross. He was kind of around with Tim Sykes. He taught. He was he the was, redhead um, guy with the ponytail. That's him. Ro- yeah, His yeah, name's. Yeah. Who's saying it backwards? It's Ross Cameron. Oh, Ross Cameron. Okay. Yes, like yes, him, yes. Like he he wasn't very flashy or nothing. He just was kind of you know he was just kind of doing his thing. But turns out you know he was a scam. He would take people's money, try yep. to trade and lose their money, and then yep. do the same thing over and over. And you know, after seeing that, now it's kind of like, like who do I trust? And that being the the more flashy guys are usually, you know, the people you should not trust. But that's who people gravitate towards. Isn't it crazy? It's like literally the opposite, right? A hundred percent. Do you remember? Yeah. Um, they there was a company, Ray. I think it was Raging Bull. And it was this guy, Jason yeah, yeah, Bond, yeah. and they were on an airplane yeah. and they're like, I'm going to teach you how to trade options. And it's like, bro, in today's day and age, how are you going to be on a jet running hundreds of thousands of dollars of YouTube ads thinking you're not going to attract the wrong attention? You know what I mean? But people yeah. bought into their thing. But then what ends up happening to a lot of these guys, um, like even Trader's Domain with, you know, Uncle Ted and all that shit, CoffeeZilla exposed mm-hmm. them, bro. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that one. Oh man, do you remember Uncle Ted from uh, back in the day? Like him and Raja Banks used to do live streams. You remember that? No, I, I. So that must that must have been before I switched over to Forex. Th- that must have been. So they they used to run live streams all the time, and then uh-huh. Uncle Ted, the brokerage was I think called Traders Domain. I think is what it was called. And you Doesn't think he have one right now? Yep, yep. And CoffeeZilla is the one who exposed this whole thing. It's this three-part video on CoffeeZilla's. Do you know who CoffeeZilla is? He's like an online reporter. Oh, bro, you'll love his stuff. He he exposes like scams all the time. So I uh-huh. had a guy in my group. His name was Ryan. Ryan got scammed by this guy named Ricky. Okay. 
Ricky was on Instagram. He was going by the name Risky Ricky, and he was teaching people trading. And he just took my buddies like seven or $8,000. So my buddy gets interviewed by CoffeeZilla, which introduced me to CoffeeZilla because he brought up ASFX in the video. So then I start watching CoffeeZilla. He starts exposing Logan Paul, and he starts exposing all these scams, bro, like legitimate scams. And then one day, Trader's Domain is the, I think that's the name of the brokerage, This is that he's the one exposing. And it's because they've attracted millions of dollars of investments into this brokerage that they're doing currency trading and flipping people's money. What ends up happening is that him and I think Raja Banks, I don't know if they split or Raja dipped off to Dubai or whatever, but it doesn't seem like they're as together as they were, but it's still like Raja yeah. is connected to this scammy broker that now all over the, everybody knows was a total scam. Like there's a guy, Pace Morby is a very well-known mm -hmm. real estate guy that does these special type of, of real estate thing called subject Two. well pace put a million dollars in to traders domain with the trader there ted safranco uncle ted and mm -hmm. uncle ted was supposed to trade this money and grow it well pace you know had been dealing with money in the past and when they deposited he gave him a million dollars i think it was either a million or a hundred grand doesn't matter instantly the mm -hmm. money showed up in his trading account and pace said after the fact, he goes, that day, I knew we were getting scammed. Because if you, when you wire somebody money, it doesn't just show up that day in your trading account, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So like, even when people know they're getting scammed and they're being flashed to death about the success and the, the crazy return, they still do it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even guys that have money yeah. and they're successful, they still get sucked into it sometimes. It's crazy. Yeah. But now I just gave you a whole bunch of shit to go look up, bro. Cause it's, it's funny. It is funny. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look into that one because I've seen it and I've I've seen people call the uh, brokerage a scam, but I've never, I've never known exactly why. But I do, I do see him like promoting it a lot and stuff like that. And then uh, seeing that he, that's like the only, like broker that he will. Yeah, trade you would never trust, bro. You can, you can never trust that. Like, never, yeah, uh -uh. never. Because even what about even uh, like prop firm traders, like they could easily, you know, take like. Uh, Paladin and Omar, they have they own a prop firm. They could easily yeah. manipulate an SFT account if they wanted to, but they the only results they post are from you know the other prop firms. So hundred yeah, percent, I would never. And, I and yo, never I them. I respect those guys. So we'll talk. Let's talk about guys that are like I like a lot. I like Omar. I like Paladin. I like Riz a lot. You you went and met up with them right in New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, what three about three or four weeks ago? I have yeah. I you guys were boxing and playing basketball. Yeah, he was right. at. Rich was showing showing him the basketball skills. I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they're lucky. So I tore my ACL last year, so that was about oh ooh, shit. That was probably yeah, that was probably about thirty percent. That about me at thirty percent. Oh, you didn't want to I'll, I'll go on back too to hard, Rich. Fuck. I've, <laughs> I've had that. In, um, Rich, I played professional rugby before trading. I also that I, I tore my ACL on my left knee, so I know what it's like. Oh, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. So when you met up with them, what was the the inception behind that? Were you just like, I'm gonna go meet up with these guys. I want to see what SFT is about, or did they like hit you up and say like, you know, come trade over You're here? Getting all the fun? payouts. He was he was that's, taking all yeah. the money. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So so um, they posted it like uh, they're like the first pay first person. It's hold on. They're like the first person to get a payout from SFT. They'll fly out to New York and um like hang out with them and, and do an interview and i was like I was like i'm gonna do that so um i ended up just i mean i knew i could pass the challenge fast i just needed to be very aggressive so that's what i did and then i locked in a payout um and then they they flew me and my girl out there we went out there 
and um yeah did the podcast with them played basketball went out to dinner it was pretty cool um because I, I, I really it's, it's kind of like that would you rather have a hundred thousand or go have dinner with you know jay-z or somebody so i was just kind of like you know i would like i haven't met in person i haven't met a lot of successful traders and you know they they're they're successful traders and i was like i have to you know this is an opportunity like i didn't really care about the payout i was more interested in going out there and meeting them bro you're and, smart you know, bro secure that quick bag on the payout yeah. get the trip flown <laughs> up there that's smart bro that is so smart yeah yeah i like them a lot bro i think that they're doing it right i mean especially like all with the bullshit right now with my forex funds and everything and everybody changing mm -hmm. it to simulated and simulated and virtual and this it's like at least those guys are honest bro out of everybody in the industry sure. there's some honesty yeah, there and there's some honesty in other firms but i mean tell me your yeah. opinion rich i feel like it's the wild west of, of funding companies right now you know and there's going to be crazy shit that happens i'm sure it's not over and then things will change regulation maybe whatever and then it'll adapt yeah. the industry probably doesn't go away wouldn't you agree or do you think we what do you think so i say i don't i don't particularly know because the thing is uh cfds are elite at least for us clients like yep. prop firms at a, as a whole i don't think they'll go away no but for us clients it's kind of tricky because their cfds are illegal here like we're not supposed to be able to trade them because that's what happened with the company that i traded stocks with trading net back in the day they yep. they you paid them an account uh but with them there was no challenge you paid was it a challenge I don't remember if it was a challenge or not, but you paid them out and then they gave you a certain amount that you could trade with. Um, but they can't, they're still up, but they can't take US clients. Um, so for me, I kind of view it as it might just be a matter of time where they say, oh, we can't take US clients. That's what I was um, thinking too. That's what I'm a little worried about. Or they make it yeah. so there's like a US account at these broker at yeah. these firms where it's like us traders have to do this account where you don't get cfds i yeah. think i'm just gonna go to futures bro like wouldn't you just go to futures because you trade nasdaq and we can get funded with futures so there's actually a new firm um you probably they're very small you probably never heard of them but they have a different kind of model where they're actually there so you know smb capital well you know Lance, yeah. so you know S &B of course capital. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of like they're taking that approach and doing it remote so they they it's called Traders Launch and they let you bro they, they DM'd not, me they've been DMing me bro they want to set up a meeting it's right here third in my inbox should I set up the meeting should I take the meeting yeah oh yeah <laughs> bro they're they're legit like I got on the call with them I talked to them and everything like they're not just taking your money and putting you in a simulated environment they're taking I mean they'll do that for the challenge it's a simulated challenge but once you get funded they're taking their actual cash putting it into an actual trading account and letting you trade that for them. It's not, it's not like everything else. Like they're a hundred percent, like this is putting it real into a money. real interactive yeah. brokers account or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think wow. that's the broker that they have me signed up. Yeah. With. I that's because that's what I saw. I checked out their website. Too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that, that something like that, I don't think they'll ever go away and they really want, they want you to make money. They're not losing money. If you make money, they're making money, which is, you know, something that you also that's the prop have. model. These other firms, I call yeah. them fund they're funding companies. They make money off the yeah. failure. The prop firms yeah. actually break you off a piece of the nut. Yeah. And then they make money when you make money, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. do you think I Rich, mean, you I think you're ever gonna go like private? You think you'll ever go like the hedge fund route or try to take it private? Um, I don't think I would I I, I don't like dealing with too many people. Like 
that much. I I think I I think the most I would do is trade with the prop firm. Um, I think that that would probably be kind of because yeah, that's kind of why I like trading. It's kind of secluded. You don't have to you don't have to deal worry with about bullshit. other people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just you in the market. So yeah. I don't think I would. I don't think I would go that route. Especially, I mean, I don't need to. You know, I don't know. I don't need to to be super super rich. Like I just want if I can make a hundred. 200 300k a year consistently you know that's i'm fine with that um, realistic expectations are big bro i think one I of the reasons it, i know i think one of the reasons that one of the guys i'm coaching struggle sometimes is because they have unrealistic expectations they want to make 20 grand yeah. a month after their first four months of trading it's like jesus you know, christ oh, no. but yeah. you know what's what i like about that so is that uh when how he says that is how rich says that is that he's if he can make 100 200 300 grand a year like you, he'll be he'll be super happy with that. The thing is, you doing that from your home without having to deal with any customers, clients, anything like that. Like you don't have to. You can go to lunch when you want. You can go on a holiday with mm -hmm. a girl when you want. Like it's not about rich. It's about being wealthy. You know, <laughs> excuse yeah. the pun. But like you can go on holidays wherever, whenever you want, do whatever you want, when you want, and you're making good money. Like let's not act like two hundred k years bad money, bro. That's that's not nice money, yeah. especially when you can yeah. do whatever you want. Like. And when you won. So yeah. 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 And, and um somebody had posted something about that earlier today. They were like, one I think one was like, what was the bare minimum you would need to make in order to kind of just, you know, maintain? I saw a this. Bit. Yeah, I saw you then, posted this. Yeah. And then uh two was live kind of comfortably, and then three was like dream. So like I'm very I'm 24 years old. I have a girlfriend, but I don't I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, I don't have a lot of responsibility. So my dream would is like 120k a year. If I can do 120k a year, the and the thing is, it's not 120k a year. Like sitting down, like I'm I'm mobile. Like I can be anywhere that I want to, which is a big thing for me. Um, like that, that that I'm fine with that. Probably even less than that, I would I would be fine if I could travel, get an Airbnb, sublet for a month, and go a different place the next month. Like that's that's my dream life as of now. Like bro, trying to do a, that. A, a lot's gonna change over the next six years for you, bro. Definitely. <laughs> yep. Yep. If time fucking flies, bro. I'm sitting here 28, almost 29, and I'm like, damn, 24. I was like, that was like yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like that was like it really feels like that, bro. It's crazy. How old are you, James? Are you, um, you just yeah, I turned 25 in August now? Yeah, so August. I mean, for both for both of you, it's amazing. It's crazy how many like paladin and all these young guys like yourself bro just fucking crushing it it's amazing it's amazing yeah. i love it bro i love it so let's do this <laughs> last question for you rich the the most important question time travel back to when you first got started in trading one piece <laughs> of advice for the younger self what is it <laughs> one um one piece of advice oh uh, i think this would go back to where we talked about system versus discipline is I would just tell myself, don't focus, don't focus on the system, focus on, you know, developing the system to, 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 uh, or discipline as a whole. Cause I mean, you need discipline to be able to develop a system and follow a system. Um, so I would just go back and, and tell myself, slap myself and say, focus on discipline. Um, you know, there's not a system that's, that's going to work a hundred percent of the time. That's probably it. Love that. That is literally, I wish I could copy and paste that into the trading group chat today, right there. I love it. But listen, 
both of you, I appreciate you guys. Rich, it's a pleasure to meet you, bro. This is the first time we ever met. So hopefully we'll have you back on. Hopefully we continue to build a relationship. I mean, bro, you're not too far. We got to try to meet up at least one of these days. It's really not that far, yeah, you know? Really. So I same think, time zone. I everything. think, um, how far are you from Miami? Four hours, but I can fly there in 40 minutes. So if you're ever in Miami, I, I could be there easy. I'm always there. Paladin, I think Paladin just moved out there and I'm uh, I know he's talking about having something some kind of event so I'm, we might keep all me posted meet up. if you bro I'll, I'll send him a message you keep me posted I'll be there if there's something going on I'm there 100 but let's do this Rich I'll make sure everybody's got the links to your Twitter down below so they can connect with you that'll be the best thing I think right Twitter's best to connect uh, yeah Twitter mm-hmm. cool Twitter is down below everybody. So you can go check that out. Make sure you subscribe. I'll put James's Twitter down below as always. Make sure you follow James. James has been posting more content as well, but we appreciate you guys. If you stayed all the way through the episode, let us know in the comments. If you guys have any questions for Rich, we'll bring those up next time. Maybe we'll have them back on in a couple of months, but for now we'll put a pin in it. And I appreciate everybody again. So Rich, James, thank you very much. Audience, we'll see you in the next one. Thanks everybody.